Welcome to the Mothers of Misfits podcast. Join me for conversations about how to advocate for our kids in a one-size-fits-all world. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. As always, I'm really glad you are here and joining us for another amazing episode of the Mothers of Misfits podcast. And you may recognize our guest today, Yeni Landgrien, because we just aired her first episode on the importance of letting go. Today, we're talking about managing an unhealthy relationship. And Yeni talked a little bit about her marriage on the last episode, but we're going to delve in a bit deeper today. Just a quick reminder of Jenny's background for those of you that might have missed that episode. She's an author, behavioral science expert, and the CEO of NARA Communications. She's over in Sweden, so we really appreciate that she's doing this on a Friday (laughs) night recording, even though it comes to all of you listening on a Tuesday morning. This is Friday night for her, and she has three amazing kiddos who keep her very busy. So welcome back, Yenny. Glad to have you two times. Thank you so much, Emily. You are so brilliant with your introductions. It's such a safe space to be here. And I'm here to share my story. And I've learned that my story is my own. And I get Mm -hmm. to share it. And what I like to be very intentional about is that I want to speak from my healed self. Because Mm -hmm. that's the ripple effect. And that's the person I want to show up as a leader a person who also inspire the healing in other people. So I want to make sure that I'm speaking from my healed self. I'm so glad you said that because we've talked a couple times now off air, if you will, about the fact that this is a more sensitive conversation and we want to be respectful to everyone's experiences, of course, to your kiddos And so we are going to really focus on your perspective and feelings and experiences throughout this journey and be mindful of the fact that there are others um, who are certainly involved in your life and your kid's life. But I love that you feel safe. That's awesome. And I love that you are willing to share your experiences so that you can help others heal to a healthier place in their lives. Right. I think that the fact that we sometimes imagine that we are alone, that Mm -hmm. just creates that veil experienced shame. And the most healing words I know are me too. Just sharing that Mm -hmm. sense of shared human experience that, yes, I know what you're talking about. I'm so glad that you're offering this space. I'm happy to be here. And that's why I really wanted to have this conversation so that those out there who are feeling very lonely in a toxic relationship, that they can hear from you, me too. Yeah. And that there is some love and support out there and there is a a path to healing. Oh, yes. Let's just get started with while you were still in an unhealthy relationship, an unhealthy marriage at the time. What were some of those indicators to you that this was not working, that this was unsustainable? Mm. It took a very long time for me to understand just how destructive this was. And that's what manipulation does to you. When a person is manipulating you, they are keeping you very focused at your own flaws. They're keeping you very occupied with defending 
your own actions or your own existence. And it took meeting some people who really held that space for me to help me self-reflect, to help me become aware of where my mind was wandering. Because I realized after 10 years, it took 10 years for me to realize mm. how I was just constantly in his sphere. So I like to share that there are just different spheres. There's other people, there's the environment, and then there's me. And I'm the only person that I can control, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I was constantly occupied with wondering what's his mood going to be like when he came home, what's that's going to be like? And I tried to fix things before they broke. <laughs> I tried to adapt so that I could just keep the peace and that he wouldn't lash out. And just realizing that I was not in my own body. My mind was constantly with him. And to realize that it's not like that for other people. Other people are just present with their own day, going about their chores and checking in with themselves and how they were doing. So I got to relearn how to be present with myself. And I'm telling you, that also led me to being a more present mother and being able to step into choices to make better decisions for my children. I'm so glad you just said that because my next question I have for you is being in that toxic marriage, how did that impact your ability to parent? It made me want to protect, but not really realizing and owning that I had choice. Because I was constantly with his being, and mood, I was not stepping into my own choices. And I am very self-compassionate looking back. And I want to just present this image. If you have left a destructive marriage and there are children involved, and sometimes I know how easy it is to ask yourself, why did I stay so long? Or why did I choose this? Why did I do that? Imagine that you are walking back in time and you knock on that door and this parent, this woman, or this man is opening and looking into your eyes. Look into his or her eyes. Because you will see, like our eyes, they don't lie. You will see mm. that you made the best choices and decisions that you could based on the understanding that you had. Mm -hmm. So, Absolutely. yes, I had poor judgment because I did not have perspective. I know that I made the best decisions that I could for my children at the level of understanding that I did have. You mentioned that there were other people in your life who helped you gain mm -hmm. that outside greater perspective. What did that look like for you? I had a wonderful colleague at the school where I was working who just planted seeds in my mind. She did not push me. A woman who's, or a man who is going through something that is a very narcissistic communication is under so much pressure to adapt and just mm. disappear and, and not speak their own mind or have their own opinion. So she did not bring any more of that. She just planted seeds that made me open my eyes and self-reflect and deepen my own curiosity for how I am feeling. And my sister-in-law was really amazing. She just came and 
brought me and the kids with her. And she was so good at just keeping the kids busy and cooking and asking me very curious questions. And she was so good at bringing it back to me. How do you feel about that? What's important to you? What do you want? And I wasn't used to that. That was very weird to me. I didn't know what I wanted. I hadn't been thinking about that for a very long time. So she recentered myself and helped me to reconnect. Yeah, I'm so grateful. Those are great lessons to those of us that might have a friend or a family member that we're concerned about. And we don't have to have magic questions. We don't have to have a psychology degree or therapy background. But just taking genuine interest in that person. I love that you say just being curious, being interested, asking them how they feel and not pushing, not judging, just giving them open, safe space to share with them that we care. Yeah. And we want to know that they're okay. Yeah, that's fantastic that those people helped you get to that place. Yeah. And you said earlier in this conversation that you don't believe in shame yeah. uh, at this point. But while you were still in that relationship, did you find that you felt shame, blamed mm-hmm. yourself, mm-hmm. took a lot of that guilt on yourself? Yeah, I, I don't really believe there's a reason for shame. To be clear, of course, I felt so much shame because I had this ideal of what a family should be like. And I've noticed I'm working with my clients. Some of us are a bit more idealistic. We have, we can also speak of it as a vision and the visions really serve us. They help us have a direction and something that we want to strive towards. But I was trying to live in an ideal that didn't exist and constantly falling short. So my Facebook was just with the most beautiful pictures of my house. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. I kept that mask on so good. For me to let go of the shame was to accept reality Mm -hmm. and to take in that I get to keep my feet on the ground. And I am not alone determining results because I felt so responsible for everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. And this is something I get to support so many clients in to let go of other people's actions and decisions. And as moms, that can be tough, right? Because we are natural caregivers. We step in for our kids. We step in for other family members with good intentions. We want to protect our kids. Yeah. Sometimes that means we step in for other people when we feel like they might be falling short and we take responsibility for outcomes and relationships that we don't own. But there's a sermon that I remember distinctly sitting in church and listening to because the pastor said that relationships aren't 50-50. They're 100% and 100%. So it's not meeting in the middle. It's both going all in. I feel like that's what you're talking about, that we 100% own our part of it, but that person has to be all in as well. Yeah, you can't have a healthy communication with a person that's not healthy. And a part of that, realizing that the other person is not 100%, sometimes we have different opinions about what love really is. Sometimes that's what we get to come back to. 
how we define love. So about two years ago, you got a divorce Mm -hmm. and you had pretty young kids at the time. How did you help your kids through that major life transition? That was so much about first showing up for myself and uh, Mm. holding space for myself to react. Of course, we want to be brave and we get to be brave. We are also human and we get to be upset and sad and concerned. So I really made sure to be there for myself to feel all the feels, whatever that was. And then I made a decision to be honest with my children and Mm. honest at their level. I so believe that children are intuitive and they know and they understand so much more than we as adults imagine sometimes. And I think that when we try to hold a facade up or even on days when we're actually sad and we're trying to look happy, they are going to have a gut feeling about what's going on And if we are not confirming that reality and that gut feeling, we will be confusing them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So my decision was to just confirm them in their sense of intuition and keep it honesty at their level. Mm -hmm. And teach them that it's okay to feel the emotions. Yes. And that's normal, that's healthy, and covering them up or lying about them or trying to put on a facade, as much as our hearts might be in the right place in doing that and trying to protect them, right. we really teach them some unhealthy habits yeah. about how to manage the tough stuff in yeah. life. And that conversation can look like, oh, mommy, are you sad? Yeah, I am, baby. Mommy's sad and that's okay. There's going to come a day when I'm happy and today I'm sad and I'm happy Mm. to share that with you because I know that my daughters and my son, they have a whole life ahead of them. And I want for them in those days to feel valued and precious and beautiful in their tears. You have such beautiful ways of putting things. And I'd like to talk now about co-parenting. What have you learned in this new stage of your relationship with your ex-husband? I keep my focus at the kids. And I've decided that any healing, and I wish him the best. Oh my goodness. I've loved this man for 10 years. I wish Mm -hmm. him the best, but that process is something that he gets to continue on his own. And I get to continue healing and processing for myself. So we just don't have that kind of relationship when we are in each other's business. And I think that's very healthy considering the circumstances. And so when it comes to the children, I have decided to be that parent and be that person who shows them that their opinion is valid, Mm -hmm. that their emotions count, that their dreams are important and that they are to expect people to respect them. So that when those boundaries are crossed, they will know that something is off. Mm -hmm. Giving them that healthy space to connect with themselves in a healthy way so that they realize when that connection is about to be broken. Mm -hmm. Empowering them to be their own best advocates. 
yes. which is the best we can do for our kids. And I love that. Letting them know what healthy boundaries look like yeah. so that they know when a boundary has been crossed mm-hmm. or there's unhealthy boundaries. Mm-hmm. And you modeling that for them so they can carry that when they're with you and when they're not with you. Exactly. Fantastic. Oh, Yenny, thank you a lot for being so brave and so open and honest with us on a tough subject. But I know that there are folks listening right now that really benefited from your honesty and hearing about your story. I'm glad. And will, you know, take that as part of their healing journey. So thank you again for coming on. I realized that I get to forgive both of us. And I want to end with that. And that's a big part of me reclaiming my power, that I own that I had choices and decisions back then. And because I get to own that and forgive myself for several things and heal, I get to also step into the choices and decisions that I have today. I love that. And forgiving ourselves is sometimes the hardest thing to do and oftentimes the last thing that we do. Yeah. But unleashing ourselves from our own grip of guilt and shame and rehashing of the past is Uh what allows us to move into the future yenny thank you again thank you just appreciate your honesty and openness and sharing your story with us today which is healing for everyone listening so thank you thank you emily thanks for joining us for this episode of the mothers of misfits podcast make sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode We also invite you to visit us at mothersofmisfits.com.